0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great
1: Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Just past the up of the hour, it's Real Presence Live. Matt Wilkham, Father Tim Buren, from the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota. Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And it's also just past the anniversary of a significant Marian apparition. I'm talking about October 13th, somewhere in Portugal, back in the early 20th century. Something hugely significant happened, and we're going to talk about that. We're speaking, of course, about the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, and we have Paul Sens on the line. He has written a book. Fatima, 100 questions and answers about the Marian apparitions. So anxious to talk to Paul Sens this morning on Real Presence Live. Thanks for joining us on the show, Paul.
2: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself, first off.
2: Well, um, I'm uh, uh, born and raised Catholic. Uh, Grew up with a a great devotion to Our Lady. Uh, A tiny, tiny little... um, uh, unincorporated uh, Catholic you know farming community in in rural Oregon uh, with a Marian parish and school that I went to and, uh, just a very very um uh, Mary focused uh, uh you know life Catholic life growing up um so this uh, I, I've always loved Our Lady of fatima and this book was a real uh kind of uh, passion project for me when it when it came up and I was I'm very happy to do what I can to spread Our Lady's message and hopefully um, more devotion to her and that she can do the work that she wants to do above all else, which is lead all of us to her son.
0: So laying the groundwork for the understanding of the apparition, um, it might be helpful for our listeners to learn a little bit more about what the Church teaches, in particular in the Catechism of the Catholic Church about divine revelation and and even private uh, revelation. What can you share with us about that?
2: Well the most important thing to understand is that um the the public revelation that that we are all bound to believe ended with the death of the last apostle. You know, we, we don't have there there are no more uh public revelation coming out that the faithful are, are all obliged to believe. Private revelation, on the other hand, you know, if if our Lord or one of the saints um, appears to somebody privately, reveals something to them. We are n- we are not obliged to believe it, even if even if the church um, goes through and investigates. You know, for, for example, with Fatima, this was a very it was a private revelation to his three children. Um, it became very widely known, and because of this, wisest knowledge and devotion to it, the church investigated it and deemed it. Worthy of belief, right? But but nobody is obliged to believe it. So, so that's that's important to understand that uh, there are there's a lot of value in in many of these private revelations, you know, Fatima, Lawrence, Guadalupe, um, and then so many so many others. Uh, but we're not obliged to believe them. But the Church has deemed it worthy of belief, and and recognizes that there is a great deal of value, and and it's something that that we can get a lot of good out of.
0: So Fatima today is uh, really a household um, name uh, for those in Catholic circles, and certainly we know about uh, Fatima in different uh, uh, realms and whatnot, but uh, uh, tell us how you were introduced to Fatima, and how has that in particular impacted your life?
2: Well, when I was a child, I had a number of these sort of a picture catechism uh, books by, by Father Lavosik, the, the Divine Word Father. Um, I, I still have most of them and, and read them to my kids from time to time, and one of them was focusing on Our Lady of Fatima. And that's the earliest memory I have of of the apparitions, and um, my folks also had a couple of books about them You know, that I would see on their shelf and kind of page through them once in a while. Um so, just starting there from a, from that very early age. Not to mention just growing up in such a profoundly Catholic community and and family that things like the Fatima apparitions were were just discussed. You know, it was it was, it was sort of osmosis that <laughs> from such an early age I knew of the miracles of the Sun and and these three shepherd children and. The Three Secrets of Fatima and all that sort of thing. So it, it was a real blessing to be so ensconced in uh, such an important uh, apparition in the life of the Church.
1: Speaking this morning with Paul Sens on Real Presence Live, he has ha- authored a book, Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers About the Marian Apparitions. And Paul Sands, uh, I've I, I read the book, I, I have to... Uh, confess that I, uh, I actually uh, gave it away to somebody who I thought could need it. Uh, actually, somebody who's not Catholic, who had, he uh, was at a local business, and I was. He, he knew I was Catholic. He started asking me questions about the Catholic faith, and he pulled out a book about mm-hmm. a, an an unapproved thus far Marian apparition. And so I thought, you know, if he's seeking after our Lord through Mary, uh, what a what better yeah. way to uh, to to give him something to really Substantial to chew on than an actual an actual Marian apparition that 's been uh, de- declared as you say worthy of belief by the church, and that so many people yeah. back in one thousand nine hundred and seventeen uh, verified with an, an amazing miracle that was undeniable um, and there's okay. a lot of things when I went through the book paul that i, <clears throat> I didn 't know about you know, for, for example the how you fleshed out the uh, the personalities of each of the the shepherd children. I love. I love that. It just made the, made them come alive for me that much more. Yeah. Uh, but also, that something the, that I didn't re- realize was that they, they act, these ch- these children, Jacinta, Francisco, and uh, Lucia, had uh, there had there had been a, another uh, another apparition or a series of apparitions for the uh, I forget what it was, but from the, and someone called the Ange, angel of peace identified themselves as the angel of peace. Right. Um, those were things that uh, really helped me to complete the picture. F- for you, when you were writing this book, were there any specific questions that spurred you on to, to get this project going, and that, things that you were curious about that you, that you
2: didn't know about? Well, the interesting thing is I had this, this kind of uh, uh, foundational understanding of Fatima. As I said, I, it, it was, I was sort of instanced in this whole thing my whole life. But once I started just looking into it to write the book, I thought, you know, my understanding is pretty superficial. So I, it, it didn't take much digging for me to start uh, o- you know, opening doors that I, that I hadn't seen before. Uh, so there was actually quite a bit that I either you know, knew and had forgotten or was, was learning for the first time. Um, so when I, when I started trying to figure out what the questions would be, for, for to be in the book for the questions and the answers, it was it was very it was very easy to structure the book actually because I thought the best the best way to do this is to start from scratch from somebody who has who has no knowledge or understanding of the apparitions and form it that way. You know, uh, where is Fatima? What was going on in Europe at the time? Who who were these visionaries? And then. What happened the six, each of the six times she, she appeared to the children? What happened the year before? What happened that the rest of the children's lives after that? You know, it was it was a very uh, it was very easy to to figure out those questions because even even someone like me who thought that they knew a fair amount about it, you know, there's there's so much more than that so many people don't know. But I think even people who are fairly familiar with it. Will have a lot, to, a lot to learn from the book.
1: Did anyone believe the shepherd children at first when they started claiming, well, just talking about uh, these yeah. these apparitions? Because they they had actually agreed, from what I understand, not to say anything. But of course, one of them couldn't yeah. resist telling. it. are how how was this message received initially? It was
2: initially. It was mostly. A great deal of skepticism. Um, the, the only the only person who, who really believed them right from the first was the okay. So there was uh, Lucia and then her, her her two cousins, Francisco and Jacinto, were brother and sister. Their father, T. Marto, uh, uh, believed them right away when basically nobody else did. And one of the things that he that he said one of the reasons he gave was. These children have never lied to us before. They've never, they've never done anything like pulling a prank or anything like that. And they are profoundly devout children. I have no reason to think that it's not true. Uh, so he, he just believed them implicitly from the start, um, and everybody else <laughs> was skeptical and and even even angrily so. Lucia's mother, in particular, was had a hard time, a very hard time with it all along. I mean, it, it took it took her until until basically things were wrapping up before she, before she um, kind of accepted the veracity of what they were saying.
0: A year ago in October, I had the blessing to be able to go to Fatima for the first time on a pilgrimage, and I didn't know the entire story. I, of course, have had a devotion for quite some time, but learning uh, quite bluntly the the sad part of the story later that Francisco and Jacinta uh, passed away at such a young age. Did you yeah. dive into that in the book at all, or have you ever researched that?
2: Yeah, I, I did. So um, basically, October of 1917, was the last appearance of Our Lady, the Mysteries of Apparitions was, and then... As we know, shortly thereafter, the Spanish flu started spreading so rapidly, and both Francisco and Jacinta contracted the Spanish flu, and both of them, both of them were dead within within two years uh, of of Our Lady's last appearance to them. Um, but because one of the remarkable things is that because of these apparitions and the message of Our Lady and what she what she said to them over and over again about about accepting, joyfully accepting sufferings that we face and even making mm-hmm. sacrifice and offering offering that up for for the, the sake of sinners, reparation for sin, the conversion of sinners. They knew that their suffering could have great effect if they were just offered up and let God handle it. So they, even with those great, great suffering they had, they were joyful because they knew they could do something great for sinners and for the world, and not to mention <laughs> the the first time Our Lady appeared to them before they even knew who she was, they just knew she came from heaven, um, and she told them that they would go to heaven. So, <laughs> so they, they had that assurance, which which probably helped too.
1: Yes, yeah, great great comfort in in the midst of uh, great turbulence in the lives yeah. of these children and uh, the events surrounding. The apparitions. Uh, Paul Sens is our guest on Real Presence Live, and we're going to step away just briefly. But on the other side, we're going to pick up on the the message of of Fatima and why perhaps it was that God, that Mary, uh, God through His Mother Mary, chose these three shepherd children uh, to communicate this message of Fatima. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Tim Buren. You don't go anywhere. There's more with Paul Sens next. This is Real Presence Live,
0: where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco.
1: Rose Management is a family owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is
0: 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here at St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church, located in southeast Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I'm Father Tim Beeren, along with Matt Wilcombe the Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and we are pleased to have Paul Sens on the phone with us and uh, visiting with him about his his book. He's the author, Fatima, 100 Questions and Answers about the Marian Apparitions. And I'm just going to jump right into it. I I just, I'm curious um, if you can share with us the secrets of Fatima. Why are they important? Yeah, great
2: question. So, uh, briefly, I'll just... Um, explain them, and then and then talk a little more about them. And the so-called secrets of Fatima, or or some people talk about three parts of one secret. You know, but that's sort of a, um, fun, a finer detail. During the July 1917 apparition, which would be the third time out of six that Our Lady appeared to the children, they she she, she gave them these three. There's kind of three parts to, or three visions. Uh, the first one, the, the first one, Our Lady showed the children this profound and terrifying vision of hell. Souls and torment in hell. And she explained to them that, she explained to them that this is what happens, you know, this is what happens when a soul dies in not in the state of grace, you know when 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 someone goes down, this is what they say, and this is why it's so important, because this distance distance from God for eternity, this is what it's like, and we need to save these souls. The second part was our lady explaining to them that the world needed to change its ways, turn away from sin, and make reparation for sin. And she said, if it didn't, the war, the first world war, would soon end, but but there would soon come a worse war that would come during the pontificate of Pius XI. And of course, the Pope at the time was Benedict XV. Pius XI was, you know, <laughs> there, was no, there was no such Pope yet. But the, and the Second World War, as we know, would come and start during the pontificate of Pius XI. And she said also, Would spread throughout the world and cause great pain and suffering. Now, the, the Russian Revolution was was kind of just in its nascent stages, and of course, as we know, Russia's errors of communism would indeed spread throughout the world and cause a great deal of suffering. And she said, but uh, she gave this message of hope at the end of it. She said, "But remember, no matter what, ultimately, my immaculate heart will triumph." And so there's, there's that kind of reminder, a message of hope there. And the third secret, or part of the secret, <coughs> is the most controversial, the most talked about, um, for a number of reasons. Partially because it's so, it's, it's a very symbolic vision. It reminds me a lot of, of the, like, biblical, um, apocalyptic visions where, where, where everything is just packed with meaning. <coughs> Briefly, <coughs> it's, the children saw a mountain with a with a, a city at the top, and ascending the mountain, they saw a bishop in white, who seemed to them to be the probably be the pope, accompanied by other bishops and, and clergy. They were ascending the mountain. They walked through the city when they got there, and the city was just destroyed from from war. And there were there were bodies, you know, victims of war, all around. They walked throughout the town, praying for these victims and, and blessing them when they got to the cross at the sort of apex of the city, at the foot of the cross, soldiers came and killed this bishop in white and all those with him. And there were angels, there were angels uh, underneath the cross who who uh, were collecting the blood of these martyrs and sprinkling it on the souls of those ascending to heaven. And then the vision ended. So this was a... a a very a very profoundly moving experience for the children and those who were at the apparition site with the children. You know, each successive month there were more and more people there, and I think I think in July there were around four thousand people there with the children. The people who were there with them reported seeing the children reacting to whatever was going on. Now, of course, this was this was a vision for the children, but the people there didn't know what was going on, but they could see the children reacting with with fear and, and trepidation and seeing how profoundly it was affecting them. Now, the the third secret, <clears throat> as I said, is, is, is kind of the most controversial, the interpretation of the secret, what it means and everything, but it appears to have been a prediction of the assassination attempt on St. John Paul II, which happened on May thirteenth, 1981, which would be the, the anniversary of the first time the first time that Our Lady appeared to to the children in 1817 and he, act, he actually to his dying day believed that Mary physically interceded and adjusted the path of the bullet so that it would spare his life. So, and, and that's honestly kind of become the consensus <laughs> that that's kind of what most people see that this Bishop and White being killed was a prediction of the assassination that did on, on John Paul II. And the importance of this of these three secrets really lies in that 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 message, that central message of Our Lady, of of prayer, turning away from sin, making reparation for sin, the conversion of sin. All of us individually, but also offering that up for, for the sake of others. And that's just really the the um, central message of Our Lady that that um, I hope comes through in the book too, and it helps. Helps change a lot of people's lives.
0: Well, here's a great trivia question for our listeners: With Saint John Paul II, whatever happened to that bullet that was shot into him?
2: Yeah, that's a great one. So there were he was he was he was struck several times, but one of the bullets one of the bullets he actually um, you know once it was (laughs) obviously removed and cleaned up um, the sort of official statue of Our Lady of Fatima in Fatima, um, that bullet was taken and placed in, in the crown. So you can see, I mean, you've got to get a real close-up, zoomed-in picture of it to, to be able to see it, but it's, but it's right there in the crown, and he, he did that as sort of a uh, a symbolic gesture of, of thanksgiving for her having spared his life. And I mean, honestly, when you think about 1981, that was less than three years into his pontificate, and he would be Pope for another, another what, 24 years after that? And, of course, we know how much he did, including including the role he played in the downfall of the Soviet Union. Uh, so he clearly was spared for, for some incredible things, and, and that gesture was a gesture of thanksgiving.
1: One of the things uh, Paul sends that I was... Uh fascinated by when i was reading your book author or your author of fatima 100 questions and answers about the marian apparitions is that there was a discrepancy between the different shepherd children as to what they could see and hear during these apparitions for for example francisco i believe he could see the the lady the beautiful lady but uh, could not hear what was being said by her so he had to be told by his sister and cousin what was what the message was um why do you think, overall, uh, these shepherd children were chosen by God to communicate this message to the world as opposed to adults uh, who may have had more power, yeah. prestige um, in, in the eyes of the world? And why, why do you think the discrepancy between what these children heard and saw during the apparitions?
2: Well, I think the reason that, that these children were chosen is that God so often chooses these. Who society might see as unimportant, insignificant, or weak to be his hands in the world, you know? Uh, think about, well, even just thinking about so many other Marian apparitions, you know, uh, Juan Diego, uh, Bernadette Sumiru, so many of these, of these individuals were nobody. I mean, there were people that no one would take seriously. Um, and I think a big part of that, is the way that it sort of undercuts those who are, who are in power or even just prideful, seeing God use them instead. And in particular in Fatima, because of the situation there, this was a profoundly Catholic nation for hundreds of years, but about a decade before this, the, the there was an atheistic Masonic government that had taken power, and was instituting all sorts of anti-clerical, anti-Catholic laws, and bragging about crushing the church and eliminating it from Portugal within two generations. And so, these, in this little hamlet in the middle of nowhere, these three shepherd children, being being the uh, fo- the focus of these apparitions and bringing this message of prayer and repentance, really was kind of a slap in the face to this to this government. Saying, saying, look, you you have, you know, you know what what you said. You have no power apart from what was given given to you, and and you have no you have no power here. There is there is something more profound going on.
1: Absolutely, yeah. uh, we've been speaking this morning with Paul Sens, author of Fatima: A Hundred Questions and Answers about the Marian Apparitions, uh, a beautiful companion also to the movie Fatima that just came out, and I think it helps to clarify what in the movie. Uh, was real and and what was perhaps some artistic license that was uh, taken Uh, for for example the bishop actually never came and questioned the children so you'll find that out in the book as well Uh, paul sends where can folks pick up a copy of uh, fatima 100 questions and answers about the marian apparitions
2: well, it's, through, it's published by Ignatius Press, so you can go to Ignatius.com. And there are bulk discounts available if people want to do, get a bunch of copies to do a group study. And also be sure to check your local Catholic bookstore.
1: Thank you, Paul Sens. Have you nominated your priest to receive donuts? Stay tuned to hear with who the winner is this week. That's next on Real Presence Live.